Hey, WiseCast listener, we wanted to take some time to thank you for supporting, listening, and sharing. Our goal is to create a community that inspires and engages all women in the life sciences and STEM. That is why we are thrilled to partner with Women in Bio, an organization dedicated to the promotion of diversity and inclusion for all women in life sciences and beyond. With 14 chapters across North America, Women in Bio provides programming, education, and professional opportunities for women in all career levels. That's right. From the classroom to the boardroom, WIB has something for everyone. Being a Women in Bio member has incredible benefits, virtual and in-person events, access to professional growth opportunities, and an unmatched community of support and engagement. You can learn more about WIB and its programs and initiatives by visiting womeninbio.org. We hope to see you at some events next year. The Web by Wisecast, the podcast for women in STEM and education. I am Dr. Amber Miller. And I am Dr. Richa Chandra. In today's episode, we are talking about building your personal brand um, with an amazing expert on this. And we've learned so much from our conversation. And since we've already recorded that, we've been just kind of digesting everything that we learned. And I think you you all are gonna love um, you know, all the takeaways in this episode. And one of them was about self-reflection and you know identifying five of your strengths, your your qualities, soft skills, hard skills. Um, I think I went with a soft skill list here. So instead of our our dress first success um, segment that we usually do, we're changing it up today. And so I'll ask you, Amber, to share the five words that you came up with to describe yourself. Yeah, and I love this too because it's really like us showing you that we are learning just as much from these episodes as we hope that you are. And then we're trying to figure out how to put them into action, right? So that we can really utilize all this great information that comes through today's episode. So granted, it took us, a, I mean, we did take a couple minutes to really reflect and think about these, but um, my five that were like the first things that popped into my head were um, like passionate slash energetic. Like I feel like those are kind of like the same type of skill um, or quality. Um, I put learner or growth, right? Like I always want to learn and grow. Um, Adventurous, I'm definitely not risk averse. I'm willing to do all the weird, hard, new things. Um, Detailed, right? I do like to think that I'm kind of detail oriented and and those details as a scientist are really important. So being able to pay attention to those. Um, And then the last one I came up with was creative. Um, I guess outside of the box thinker, just I like that artsy kind of stuff, the marketing, the making the diagrams and all of that stuff. It's super fun for me, Um, even though it can be challenging to try and get what comes in your head onto paper um, and to make it look how you want it to look. But those were my those were my five. Um, so I don't know if you want to share your take on my five if, and what, how many we matched on. Because the other part of this was we wrote down five for, for each other, too, to see kind of what, what popped up. Yeah, so I mean, so I was going, yes, you're in the background because I think that maybe I didn't have the exact same words. Actually, I did have creative. Exactly. So that was a perfect match in your self-reflection and my, um, you know, my uh, perception of you. Um, and then I had visionary. So I think that kind of goes along with, I don't know if it goes, I guess it goes along with adventurous because I think for you to be adventurous, it's, is because you have like, you can see where things are going and you're willing to take those risks. Cause I think you actually have a pretty good idea 
as much as you think you're taking risks, I think they're they're smart risks that you take. So I, I definitely see that. Um, and then you had passionate, energetic. I had enthusiastic. So I mm-hmm. think that yeah, yeah, that's that's a good jive. Um, and and I agree with with the detail. And I'm realizing and the learner growth thing because the first two that I came up with on my list, I think, is because I was coming off of my own list. Um, so I had empathetic, and I think that's because of the type of friendship we've had. Um, you know, we're we're mostly virtual, even though we have like our times together in person and stuff. But I think what that has forced us to do is like we're not just like getting together because we're at an event or like you know walking by, but we sit down and we like think deep. <laughs> we think deeply about all these issues for women. So I just I find you to be also the second thing a great listener. Um, and so, and that, that kind of, I think goes hand in hand. So I, interestingly, you didn't have any of that on your own like list, but those are great qualities that I, I see in you. I love it. Well, thanks. And I like visionary sounds very nice. I like, I like these. I like them all. Add it to my list. Yeah. You have 10 now. (laughs) All right. So my five words, and it's so boring. I start off with organized, though lately I feel like even though I have organization, it's all like kind of, like just kind of organized chaos. Um, I also put down empathetic for myself um, and then strong. And then right after that, I put resilient, which I don't know if they are exactly, I, I don't think they're exactly the same in terms of how I was thinking about it. But, um, and then lastly, forgiving, um, you know, so I, I think that I don't know if I have a quick temper, but I can get peeved by by people. Um, and but I I like to see the good in people, and you know, and always see that they can emerge from stuff. So I am really forgiving of people's like missteps, etc. I don't know. That's kind of I, actually my list is kind of weird. Not as fun. <laughs> no, but I think I mean I, I definitely agree that like the strength and resilience. I don't see those as as the same thing either. I think of them as different things. And I definitely do know that you are very like forgiving and wanting people right when given a second chance to really take advantage and to to over to be able to overcome and to kind of move forward past their missteps. But I think that just comes with that's what we all want to do. You know, like we want to give to ourselves. And so I did have organized uh, on my list um, for you. Um, I also put supportive, which is kind of empathetic in that forgiving, but you're always um, so quick to give grace, I think, to other people, which is kind of that forgiveness um, and supportiveness that, that, you know, reminds us we're all human, you know, like we all make mistakes. We all have a lot going on. Um, but encouraging at the same time. So maybe encouraging is a better word for it. Um, I put ambitious slash hardworking, right? Because you're definitely like that go-getter, which kind of, to me, ties into that strength or strong more than resilience does. But um, you're definitely like, an overachiever right to tap into some of our previous episodes but in a good I mean I think that you're you work really hard to have good work-life balance so I don't see it as like the overachiever who is like on the verge of burnout I just think you have a lot of goals that you set for yourself and really like make a plan and try to go after and achieve them 
Um, so these other three you're going to laugh at because I think you're brilliant, right? Which um, comes from your just ability to to take in knowledge, digest it, and then disseminate it in a way that, and utilize it, right? In a way that um, makes sense and is applicable. I mean, I'm always like, I feel like on our podcasts that you're very good at taking the information that our guests say and reflecting it back into something in just like a boom, just like that. And I'm like, oh man, I, am I able to do this, the same things? Um, that educator, right? Like you're a gifted educator in terms of working not only with your children, but with your students, right? That's a big um, part of your life. And I think you have won lots of awards for it. So, so it is a big part of who you are. Again, in terms of being able to disseminate information in a quality, useful way. And then the one you're really gonna laugh at is I put glamorous because you're my fashionista. You're the one who who really embodies a lot of that those things because you like it, right? You enjoy dressing up and looking fancy. Um, and so and and so that's what those are my words for you. Oh my gosh, um, you made my heart melt. <laughs> I was like, we should do this every time. I know, right? <laughs> Build each other up. I love that. Thank you so much for for that. Like it's. You know, and it's hard to take in, like hearing other people, you know, compliment you or, you know, that's, that's been something I've had to work on is like, like, oh no, I'm not, you know, like, yeah. oh, come on. Right. Like, you know, just not able to take that. But I, I think that in this episode, we realize the importance of that and yeah. that it's not so much about bragging, but how important it actually is to know how people think about you when you're not in the room. We're happy to have Jen Dalton here with us. She is the founder of Brand Mirror. She is a personal brand strategist and helps entrepreneurs and executives be seen and get heard. She focuses on enabling leaders to be noise breakers, not noise makers. An international speaker, she has spoken to thousands of leaders in business, government, and the nonprofit sectors. She has authored two books, The Intentional Entrepreneur and Listen, and has spoken at the executive building as well as Fortune 500s. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have a conversation with you both. We are too. And as we start digging into our personal brand or learning about personal brand, can you give us as well as our listeners some examples of what personal brand looks like? Absolutely. I think it's a tricky topic depending on who you follow or who you read. You know, personal brand originally came out as a term in 1997 in an article, The Brand Called You. And since then, I think it's meant a lot of things to different people. Some people think, well, we're not products. Why are we branding ourselves? We're human. And I'm like, yes, you are human and you do have a reputation. And so when I think about a company brand or a reputation or a series of promises, that's what I think about when I think about a personal brand. You know, if I say um, Richard Branson or Oprah or Elon Musk, all of these names trigger words and thoughts and reactions and feelings. And just like when you look at your phone to see who's calling and you see the name, you might be excited to answer the phone. You might be like, mm, I can't handle this conversation right now. Those are all part of your personal brand. It's how you make people feel. It's how they would describe you. It's what words come to mind when they think about you. 
That's so interesting to put it that way, you know, um, you know, from like the larger celebrity, I guess, kind of brands down to just individuals and like the feelings that they, they stir up inside of you. I was just kind of, you know, just kind of digesting that for a moment, wondering like what feelings people have, right? Like when my name shows up, right? And it may be different in different contexts, of course, or my, my email pops up into their inbox. Um, so, you know, and one of the things that we came across, we were researching all your wonderful websites and, and, and the information that you already have out there outside of your books. Um, and it, it may have been from one of your interviews, I'm trying to remember, but you, you made a point about how building a personal brand is very different from bragging. And I think I'm getting that right now with what you're, you're describing. Um, could you be a little bit more specific to that? Sure. I think we're raised to not brag, right? We're told not to talk about ourselves. And that implicitly means don't share your wins or celebrate your victories. And, and a lot of people don't want to do that anyways. They don't want to draw attention to themselves for whatever reason. And I think the reality is we do have to be able to speak confidently about what value we add. So if someone comes to you with an opportunity, or let's say you're not in the room and an opportunity arises, do people think of you for that opportunity? Because if they don't know what you've done or accomplished, how can they match you with opportunities? So it's less about bragging, right? We're not out there saying we're the most amazing people ever in this industry. We know it all. Like, that's not the point. The point is that you have built expertise. You've invested blood, sweat, tears, hopefully lots of great times too, but you've invested a lot in yourself and your career. And sometimes our experiences come from life. So it's not just what do we know at work, but it's what are we going through outside of work too. Any of that insight or knowledge that we can share that helps other people, one, know what to do with us, and two, avoid the same mistakes, learn from us, not feel alone, but feel like there are people going through what they've gone through. That to me is what a personal brand is about. It's about sharing your knowledge and helping others. And a lot of people, especially in the nonprofit sector, especially women, don't want to talk about themselves. But if we don't, how will people be able to help us? How can we make a bigger difference if we don't share what we know? So those are my thoughts on personal branding and why it's not personal bragging. No, and that's, I think that's really interesting too. And just, I, I know I get like thinking about how to work all of this, all this in and the importance. I mean, it's, it is important for people to, to put you with, right, uh, put a specific opportunity when it makes sense. And, and I'm really loving this interpretation, right? And this, this kind of new perspective on, on personal brand. And now that we're appreciating, I guess, why we should have it a little bit more, like how do you, and even why should you create your brand? Well, one thing to keep in mind is we have a brand, right? We have a reputation. And Risha, to your point earlier, what is our current reputation? I think it's important to know yourself. So to step back and think about who do I hope I am, right? What words would I use to describe me? What do I think I'm good at? What are my strengths? If people have taken Strengths Finder, Clifton Strengths, or Disc Profile, or Myers Briggs, there's plenty of assessments out there. That's good input into the recipe of you. However, we also need to go 
ask people. Because the other thing about personal brand, even though it has the word personal in it, 90% of it is how other people perceive you. So you may think you are confident and your audience may think some of your audiences, not all of them, because we do have different audiences, right? We have our family, we have our boss, we have our peers, we have our friends. People experience us differently in different situations. And so you might ask someone at work, hey, how do I come across? And if someone says, hmm, Jen, you're kind of direct. And I'm thinking, wait, I, was, I, I thought I was confident. I didn't think I was being direct. Now, some people like direct. Some people don't want, don't waste my time. Just tell me the answer. Some people are like, could you have a little more compassion <laughs> and not be so direct? So I think if you're really building an intentional personal brand, it's recognizing that different audiences perceive you differently. And we have to flex how we communicate with others. It's not everybody's job to flex for us. Unfortunately, that would be easier, but that's not how that works. Um, I think the other thing you have to realize is if you're trying to be known in the industry or have expertise, which most of us want to be known for something, whether it's so we can be on a board or we can get promoted or whatever that is, um, you have to know who you're competing with too. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but other people are out there also saying they're experts. And it doesn't mean that you need to be um, uh, copying them or anything like that. It just means know what conversations are happening in your space and think about what's your perspective, what have you learned, and what do you want to add to the conversation? And there may not be anything you want to add because you don't want to be out there and that's totally fine. However, if you're trying to be on a board or be promoted or maybe switch companies, do people know about you at the other company or in the industry? Because if they don't, the reality is if your network isn't intentionally built and you're not maintaining that network, um, you're going to be out of sight, out of mind. And so you just the only consequence is you limit your options, um, which might be okay, but it might not. Depends on what you want to do. It's a lot to digest. I mean, because I don't think most people do this intentionally, as you're saying. You know, I don't think we take that pause to reflect how am I being received, you know, and, and in different audiences. So it's it's very interesting to me because I don't think about it as, as intentionally. Um, and I'm wondering... You know, what are the, the most common challenges that, that people have when they are trying to, you know, get to know themselves and know what unique value they bring? I think for a lot of people, it's a little bit scary because when you start to self-reflect, you're like, hmm, what am I going to find? Uh, what will people say about me when I ask? I mean, there's a reason people don't go ask for feedback all the time. Um, however, if you keep it simple out of the gate and just say, you know, I'm going to describe myself in five words, and then I'm going to go ask five or 10 people, how would you describe me in five words? I'm just doing some self-reflection and your input matters. What do you think? Just start there and get a sense of how far off are you? Are people using the words you want them to use or not? Um, personal brand becomes very important if you're, well, early on in your career, for sure, if you want to be promoted. However, it's most important when you go from being a contributor and not managing people 
to starting to need to lead projects, even if it's cross-functional or manage people and manage people. And when you need to be thinking about your executive presence and your credibility, and you need people to believe you can lead, and you need people to believe they should give you opportunities with more scope. So I think that's their pivotal moments where you're going to wish, wow, I wish I had built my brand sooner because now I need a brand, but I haven't really been building it. And now I've got to figure that gap out. So the sooner you start to just think about it, the better. Um, and again, it, hopefully it's not stressful. It is important to give yourself grace. None of us are perfect. We all have our quirky flaws or annoying flaws. It's okay, right? I would say focus on your strengths. Unless your weaknesses are debilitating, then that's different. You want to work on them. Uh, but mostly just think about what do I love doing? What am I really good at? And what do I want to do with that? What's the impact I want to make? And just start there. Do you, do you find that this is harder for some people than other people, like t- personality types? Or even just like, I guess I'm thinking, do you find any blaring like, discrepancies between like how people describe themselves versus how they're actually received for like good and bad like I could see mm. some people thinking like like myself naturally it's like well I don't have anything to offer <laughs> like I'm not a, but I am right you know in my own right for for specific things but my natural tendency is to be like <laughs> not that good at very many things so like when like how often do you see kind of those discrepancies and then how do you help people kind of overachieve them and and overcome that? I love that question, Amber. I think a lot of people discount the value they bring. And partly it's because you're humble and you're probably thinking, that's why I don't want to have a personal brand. I don't want to brag about myself. Um, The reality is, though, if you think about what problems do people bring to you to solve, uh, what things have you figured out that just others haven't figured out, That's important to capture and that's important to be able to communicate and share. And so one thing I recommend people do is uh, identify three skills or strengths or areas of expertise you want to be known for. And they can be a blend of EQ and IQ. It can be a hard skill like analytics, biochem, right? Anything that's really, really tangible, financial analysis, It could be soft skills like influence or listening or being able to identify which people can work well on a team together. You can use one word, you can use 10 words, doesn't matter, it's up to you. But as you start to think of those items, then you can think of, well, how do I blend those together? Because it's not the strengths in and of themselves where people add value, it's when you start to paint with all of them, so to speak. And so I think that's why people underestimate their skills because they forget that it's using all of these skills that makes you really unique. I do think people with a higher EQ or emotional intelligence tend to do better recognizing opportunities for interpersonal communication for how they're showing up. How are they making people feel? I think people who have a very engineering or process oriented sometimes or people who problem solve if you're a high d in the disc assessment if you're action action let's go do this sometimes we have to pause and slow down and step back and think about okay that's how you operate that's not necessarily how 
everybody else operates. What's it like to be led by you, right? Um, so I do think there are people when you are more focused on the problem and not the person, then developing an executive presence, a personal brand, you'll, you, nobody should do it on their own, by the way. Um, you should always have someone as your like accountability partner, even if it's your best friend at work, whoever. But that will be harder for people where they're more process focused and, and thinking less about how are they making people feel. There will be some things they get really well, like what's the structure for how to build my brand, right? Oh, these are the meetings. These are the people. Um, so I do think there are some people who naturally it's easier to problem solve and some where it might take them a second to realize, oh, that's how I'm making people feel. I thought what I was doing was right. I'm just solving problems. I didn't realize like the relationships I'm leaving <laughs> just because I'm not thinking about people. Um, so I don't mean to put people with a low emotional intelligence in that bucket. I do think they have good things that they bring too that just can make it a bit trickier as you're trying to listen to how people perceive you. I think it's interesting that, you know, and I like how your website is brand mirror because I think this really kind of encompasses that, right? Just that, again, back to the reflecting on yourself and, and you know, how you're um, being received and how you're, you know, um, react, you know, having those interpersonal um, kinds of discussions and conversations with other people, um, you know, and so I think like that, that makes a lot of sense, you know, identifying your, your three strengths, identifying soft skills and hard skills, etc. Um, somewhere, I, and again, we, we did our um, background research on you a little bit of um, you know, uh, some, you know, investigating. And I think you talk about, and without giving away everything that's in your book, of course, you know, having purpose and vision. So, you know, I can see how once you've identified all of those, is that, you know, without having a purpose and vision, is it even possible to build your personal brand? Great question. I think we all need to an anchor or North Star or foundation, whatever that is for each of us. Um, for some people, it might be, I want to serve others. That is specific in that I know when I'm not. However, other than that, it's a bit vague. Um, but you might decide as an individual, that's going to be my personal mission statement. And I have a client right now who their leadership is going through developing all of their personal mission statements. And I think that coming up with what are you good at? Who do you want to help? And what would that look like in the future if you fixed it or made the impact you want to make? So you're sort of blending purpose and vision. Um, that can be an interesting exercise. There's a great HBR article called From Purpose to Impact, where they go through um, some of those elements. But if you Google personal mission statement, there's all kinds of versions, right? So, you know, and I'm happy to share a worksheet um, with you and with the listeners too, to go through and, and help develop their own um, because it, it needs to be something you love, right? You're not making your personal mission statement for the public, although you can share it if you want. When I work with clients, it's about, is this your calling? Is this what you're good at and you have passion for? And you want to go build your expertise and build your credibility and make an impact in this way? If the answer is yes, great. 
Um, so I do think having a personal mission statement or purpose statement is helpful. If you think about a CEO running a company that has a mission statement or a purpose, which those are very different things, it would be weird for the CEO to not have their own because I'm following you, but you don't have clarity on your purpose. So I'd like to follow somebody who's got purpose and the company has purpose, but a lot of people don't ever take the time to develop that. Uh, but I will say for my clients who do, tons of clarity on what do I say yes to? What do I say no to? And how do I spend my time? Which is huge, as you know. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm loving that too. And, and I think, you know, definitely having a better ability to gauge the things that are going to help you productively build your brand, your reputation, your credibility in the areas you want to, it does make it a lot easier to be like, no, this isn't like a good use of my time, right? When you have the 25 options of things you can use your time for, right? Um, And so I definitely, I definitely love that too, as like, how do you gauge like when to say yes and no to things? Um, And so, so as you know, we're kind of living now in this social media world where everything i mean there's i feel like every other day i'm learning about even a new like I, there's a new social media platform that the kids are the kids are on these days which i think i'm and i forgot what it's called but i was like this one might actually be good for me <laughs> but it's like you're supposed to take a picture within two minutes of what you're doing right now so it's more supposed to be more authentic than this staged version on instagram or whatever but but we think about all of these different ways where people can tune into who we are and look at what we're doing so how has the personal brand approach changed with with all of these different platforms i always have clients they're like do i need to be on twitter and linkedin and facebook and instagram and tiktok and i'm like oh my god that is just a lot and it's a lot to manage too most of us don't have time to manage to all of that and so i would say pick two platforms one should for now always be linkedin that's like your professional platform 600 million plus people on it you can find out a lot you can research a lot that's part of why you want to have your personal brand clear as well so you can have your linkedin profile and it's marketing for you when you're not online because i don't want people to be online all, all the time um if you're spending more than like two hours a day on LinkedIn or more than five minutes, like we should talk because that's that's too much even. Um, and I love LinkedIn, by the way. I think the other channel should be, what do you enjoy doing and what medium do you like to use, right? If you like to write, you might want to use a platform actually called Medium for blogging, or you might want to write on LinkedIn, or you might want to have a personal website where you write blogs. Um, A lot of people don't like to write anymore. (laughs) And so you don't like to do that. And you like to just take pictures, great. Take pictures of what's going on. If you like to do video, which most people also are not so keen on, but video can be really great. You can record a 30 second video and turn that into some, you know, text and writing and do something with that. I think it really depends on what are you comfortable with? What are you willing to try and learn? And if I said, go do this, you would do it, right? If you hate writing and I'm like, you have to write a blog, that's never gonna happen. You're gonna find a reason to never write a blog. (laughs) So you wanna set yourself up for success. I do think the other question is, 
where's your audience? So if your audience is on Snapchat or on Instagram or wherever, then you have to decide if that's what you want to do or not. Um, people consume so much information now, it's a bit overwhelming. And that's why I think you should pick one or two platforms. Once you're mastering those and you feel like, you know what, I'm going to add one more. Or if you have budget and you want to pay someone, fantastic. Um, but pick one and do it well. Then add another one. But really be thoughtful about it because you're you're signing up to be present. And if you're not present, like I've seen people with a Twitter account and they haven't tweeted for four years. And I'm like, why? You should delete it. Like, I'm wondering if you've been kidnapped, what's going on? So, you know, you don't want to have something out there that you don't ever use because that's a different personal brand signal. That's great advice. I, I struggle with that. <laughs> you know, I'll have like, you know, moments where it's flowing through some creative outlet and then, you know, life gets busy or whatever, right? And Or I lose interest in something. Um, and I think that's probably common with social media because you don't, people don't realize, I think, how much work all of these things take, whether it's a blog or that 30 second video, or, you know, it's just very time consuming to be out there. So I do like your recommendation of narrowing your focus and get good at one thing before you're just like an internet virus on everything. Well, and I think going back to, if you've read Atomic Habits, um, start with baby steps, right? Connect with one person on LinkedIn this month if you've not connected with anyone for a year. Feel free to reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn, right? If you want to share an article, but you never posted on LinkedIn, don't think you're going to be like a mega poster starting tomorrow. I'm going to post every single day. No, just, just once a month or try once a week and put it on your calendar and maybe invite someone else who wants to do it as well. And you both sit down and you support each other and you have a little bitty, little bitty accountability meeting and you start building that habit. It could just be find articles you like, right? Who are the people that have personal brands in your field that you think are amazing? Who are the experts in your field? Uh, I was giving a talk at a university that shall remain nameless. And I asked everybody in the branding and marketing program, who do they admire in the branding and marketing industry? And what do you think their answer was? Crickets. <laughs> yep. Crickets. Crickets. They were like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, let's start there. Right. Like in your field, and it's okay if you don't have one. I'm not saying that's terrible because we're all busy. But we should know if we want to be an expert in that space. Who else is the expert right now? Right. And, and just start to think about that. Because um, again, it, you have to be curious to have a personal brand also, because you have to be willing to go learn and share what you're learning. And again, it's a habit we build. But start with who are the people you look up to? And it doesn't have to be in your industry. It can be authors. It can be, you know, whatever it is, podcast folks. Um, but start to find out who you like and why. And why does that matter to you? That's part of your personal brand too. So Jen, what do you think about, you know, the fact that we're in this remote workspace? Um, I'm working from home. I, it looks like all three of us are at the moment. Um, you know, has the personal brand become more complicated in this uh, new era that we're in? 
I do think there is a very, very, very blurry line between home and work. Now, on the one hand, I think that's brilliant because I believe your personal brand is you in totality. What most people believe is I should be someone at work and I should be someone at home and they're never the same and they should never meet each other and they're two ships in the night. You know, as much as I'd love to be Wonder Woman or or have an alter ego, that's really not a healthy place to be. You want to work for a company whose values align with you and where you can just be yourself. That doesn't mean you bring all of yourself all the time, (laughs) right? But it does mean you get to be yourself. I think the trick is setting boundaries. I think that's been a huge challenge for people, setting boundaries between work and home. Um, I mean, I'm lucky I get to have an office in my basement. There's no windows, so I'm only so lucky, but I get to have a space that's mine and close the door. But then I can leave it and go upstairs and I'm I'm home. Um, I think for folks where they're in the living room and the kids are running around, you know, in the early parts of the pandemic, that's just reality. So I do think the upside is I think we have started to give each other a lot more grace. I hope. I hope that sticks around. Um, but I do think it can also be hard to remember to put your professional hat on and then take it off, right? I see people who have very relaxed backgrounds who show up in a t-shirt. And I'm like, this is a business meeting. I know you're at home, but like, don't forget, you need to look like you're credible and approachable and a leader if that's what you're trying to do. Um, so I do think it's been hard on a lot of levels. Um, but again, if you can set those boundaries and have your time when you work and time when you don't, I think that can go a long way to keeping us sane and making sure we step away from the computer because that is the downside is my computer is right here. I can work hours and hours and hours because love what I do, but that's probably not the right answer. So. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it can be hard when, especially when you do love what you do, right? That it's easy to feel like you're not working, right? Because you're enjoying it, you're doing things that you love. But yeah, finding those boundaries, I don't know, they're hard to do, I think, sometimes. But it's, um, there's more right to life than just the the computer screen and the work. Absolutely. Well, I think the latest number I saw was... 60 something percent of Americans are in burnout. And so, you know, you've, it's important to have time to recharge. It's important to have time to step away so you can put your own oxygen mask on, take care of yourself. And one exercise that I think is helpful is to think about what are your motivational skills, right? The skills you use that you love to use again and again and again. And what are your burnout skills? I mean, they literally are called burnout skills because when you do them, they suck the energy out of you like super fast. And if you look at your calendar and how you spend your time, how is your energy, right? Are you showing up excited? Are you working on projects with skills that although you're really good at it, you don't like doing it? Like, how do you shift that mix of which of your skills are being used? Because that will also affect your personal brand. If you're burnt out or you know if somebody comes to me and says jen can you do this in excel sure i can do i want to Hmm. you know i'll i'll allocate 10 minutes because after 10 minutes i'm going to be really annoyed with myself and with the person who asked me to do it so i just set a boundary 
on how long am I willing to do this without getting mad at someone or mad at myself? I think that's an important skill too. Um, what we say yes to, how we say yes, you know, yes, and I can only do it for this much time. That all impacts how you show up in your personal brand. And and if you're just showing up as your best self. Yeah, I love all of this. All of it. <laughs> I was gonna say all of this, taking very meticulous notes here. My burnout skills, I need to make a list. <laughs> Burnout's real, it is real uh, for sure. So. so you mentioned earlier, I think, um, executive presence. And so I'm curious to hear a little bit more about how executive presence is different from personal brand. Sure. Earlier, we were talking about values, right? And values are aspirational and yet tangible. And I think your personal brand is aspirational and yet tangible. You know it. And when you define it, you know it. I know what honesty means. I know what integrity means. Um, I think executive presence is how are you executing on your personal brand? What are the interactions you're having and how do people feel in those interactions? How are you coming across? What's the image you're conveying, whether it's in person, whether it's digital, whether it's via email or text, right? We all have these impressions we're making. Um, and then your emotional intelligence. So it, to me, it's the execution of your personal brand, but at a higher, more intentional level. Most of the leadership skills people have, I think 70% of them are learned, right? I think sometimes people also in our self-deprecating mode think, oh, I don't know if I can lead that. That's really big. Or mm, I'm not really meant to be a leader. I'm an introvert. I'm much better at behind the scenes. Point of fact, there are some amazing CEOs who are introverts and introverts who have amazing personal brands because they are much better at focusing on here's what I have energy to do. And then when I'm done with that, I'm done, right? Like introverts are who I want to go to a networking event with because they're going to say, okay, I can meet three people and then I'm just going to go eat food, have a glass of wine and chill. And it's like, yes, that's who I want to hang out with. Extroverts are like meeting every single person there. And then the next day, may, maybe or maybe not, we'll follow up. But they met everybody, but they may not follow up because there's 50 people there. Uh, an introvert will come in very tactical, pick three, we're done, good, celebrate, and we're, we're off to the races. So I think for executive presence and for people thinking about how do I become a leader, don't forget those are skills and habits we have to build too. And that's not just something that comes naturally for the most part. Okay, guilty as charged on the meet everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was also talking about myself. That's why I have to go with an introvert. Uh, I know that. <laughs> and I'm the one that's like, can I just come up with some really great questions for two people? <laughs> yeah, that's a brilliant strategy. Quality, not quantity, right? I love it. The, right. the deep questions, right? Whoever's willing to answer yes. these, I will talk with you. <laughs> if you don't want to answer them, <laughs> we'll move on to the next person. Uh, I love it. I want to go networking with you, Amber. Yeah, same, same. That's why I keep her around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to have a little fun with you. And we didn't, um, you know, prepare you for this, but um, it's, it's just for fun. We're going to have our listeners get to know you. We're going to ask you some rapid fire, or I will ask you some rapid fire questions, and Amber is going to time us for a minute. We'll see how many we get through. Um, and so it's just whatever comes to your mind. 
All Yay. Right. <laughs> I'm excited. It'll be good. It'll be good. Are you a coffee or a tea person? Coffee. Nickname your parents used to call you? Esmeralda. <laughs> Cute. How long does it take you to get ready? 10 minutes. Scale of 1 to 10, how good of a driver are you? If you ask my 16-year-old, I'm very good at speeding. Wow. And he wants to learn everything else from his father. So I don't know. Does that make me a 5 or a 9? I guess it depends <laughs> on the scale. <laughs> Place you most want to travel? Iceland. Mm, me too. <laughs> Favorite junk food? Mm, favorite junk food. There are so many to choose from. Uh, I really like Kit Kats and Whoppers as we come up to Halloween. Those are like some of my guilty pleasures. Two for me, none for you. Uh, what advice would you give your younger self? Relax more. Don't take stuff so seriously. Go out and have some fun. Time? All right. Awesome. Well, that was fun. And we have a lot more in common than we, we realized. And we learned so much from, from this conversation. So we very much appreciate you you being here on WiseCast with us. Absolutely. I love your, your mission and what you're doing. Thanks for giving me space to speak and uh, letting me share my thoughts and expertise. I'm happy to be a resource to anybody who's listening. And so on that note, we have our one last question for you, which is how can our listeners connect with you? Sure. I would love it if they would connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, they can find me under Jennifer Dalton. They also can go to my website, brandmirror.com, or send me an email, jendalton at brandmirror.com. So I'm more than happy to make myself available. Check out people's LinkedIn profiles, have a complimentary consult, discuss their personal mission statement. Whatever works, it's a safe space and I'm here to help. Wonderful. So we'll much. drop all those links in the episode notes as well. Thank you so much again, Jen. Thank you both so much. On the next episode of WiseCast, we will be discussing leading the best, the science best. Thank you as always for listening and supporting us. Don't forget to donate to our cause using the PayPal link in the episode notes and share your love of WiseCast with all your friends. I am Dr. Richa Chandra. And I am Dr. Amber Miller. 